All right, let's check in with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun this morning. Good morning, Vaughn. Good morning, Simi. All right, we're later on this morning, we were going to be having a lot of discussions as well about the overdose crisis here in this province. We've got Sheila Malcolmson coming on, and I understand that yesterday this was also the hot topic in the legislature. Yes, the opposition made this uh, latest report, um, the 26 member expert panel that says nothing is working and here's what you need to do and here's a timetable for doing it to think outside the box. So that report was pretty devastating. Uh, just got a lot of attention and deservedly so, although I'm not sure that we didn't know already that nothing was working. Uh, but in any event, came up in question period and the Premier handled most of the questions himself. Malcolmson did get up and speak as well, but John Horgan took the lead, and it was interesting to hear the Premier on it, because, I mean, the first thing he said was, look, I haven't read the report, and so I'm not going to respond to the timetable. He said, I respect the opposition on this. I know that everybody in the House is concerned about this, and everybody in the House is to some degree frustrated by this. It got really interesting near the end, Simi. The Liberal veteran there in the House, Mike DeYoung, got up and said to the Premier, what about this idea of having a legislature committee uh, look at this? And Horgan said, yeah, sure, we'll appoint one. Like an all-party committee? Yeah. Like that, look, opposition parties always want an all-party committee because it gives them a window right. into what's happening, and it also gives them a piece of, of understanding for they can call witnesses themselves and hear for themselves. They're not relying on the minister. So, And the governments almost never agree for it because it's a surrender of power and insight and oversight. And essentially, they're worried that the committee will beat up on the government. It's really interesting that Horgan agreed to it because it caught the opposition off guard. I don't think they, they've been calling on this for a while. I don't think they expected it. I think what it really tells you is the depth of the premier's frustration on this. I mean, he sees the reports and he knows what the government has done and committed. And, I, and I, there's no doubt in my mind that New Democrats are seriously trying to solve this problem. Uh, you can argue whether or not, well, you can say it didn't work, but I think it's well-intentioned. So you got a sense there that, okay, yeah, they're frustrated. let's let the opposition make. I don't, I don't think, I wouldn't say that a legislature committee is going to come up with something that 26 experts haven't already come up with, or even something the ministry hasn't already come up with. I do think that a legislature committee would increase the understanding by all parties in the legislature, all of them well-intentioned, as to why nothing has worked so far and the obstacles to making things work. I mean, you can always say the government should spend more money. They're already spending a lot of money, but you could say they should spend more. But you might get, I hope, some insight into why the some of the solutions you hear all the time, increase the safe supply, uh, get doctors to prescribe, get Ottawa to decriminalize drugs. I mean, those ideas have knocked around for years, and it hasn't happened, and perhaps a legislature committee would get some of the reasons why that isn't happening on the record. Right, but it would be hard to convince Ottawa to do something that would have such a huge impact right across the country when really it's for us here in BC. You know, I think that's one of the things that is hard to accept out here. It's hard for advocates to accept. But what's holding Ottawa back? I mean, 
they will have experts down there and public servants and legal advisors all coming in to the minister and the cabinet in Ottawa and saying, you know, recognize what you're doing here. This is a massive coast-to-coast cultural change around regulation of drugs, and you're doing it for British Columbia. I mean, yes, there's problems in other provinces, but it's it's huge. And I think, as I said, I think that maybe the committee could shed some light on that. Another one that I think you might get some insight on is, is why are doctors so reluctant on this? Well, it goes back to, hey, wasn't the fentanyl crisis started by overprescribing of drugs? So is it surprising that doctors mm-hmm. are reluctant to go that way? So, you know, I, as I said, I think what yesterday mainly, sh- it really sounded like the premier made it up on the spot and said, yes, we'll do this because they've rejected it before. Right. Uh, but I think it does show a measure of Horgan's frustration, and maybe it will involve all the parties in looking for solutions. At least the next time the opposition parties say, what are you doing about this? The, the New Democrats can say, hey, you're on the committee. What are you doing about it? I guess so. But there's, I mean, talk about that report. There were some, there's a, there, we have the yeah. answers, Right? Like we have the things that we think would work, but it's how do we make those things happen? You're right, Simi, but you know, I was talking to a colleague the other day, uh, in fact, yesterday about this, and I was saying, look, I don't know to him, I don't know what you get on this issue in terms of feedback, email, calls from the public. I hear a lot of issues from the public, from readers and people who listen to me on the radio with you. And I can't think that I've ever had a question about this. You know, I hear about the tax on used cars and gasoline prices and what are they going to do about housing affordability and I can't get a family doctor. I hear that all the time. I don't hear on this issue, I'm not inviting people to phone me up, but my sense of it is that the, the, the interest groups, the stakeholders, the relatives, the families are all deeply, deeply engaged in this and frustrated and can't figure out why there's no progress on it. But it doesn't strike me that this issue has broken through to the general public even though many people have died and they all have relatives and friends and family and all that, it doesn't strike me that this issue is broken through to the public in the way that others have. I don't think people fully comprehend it unless it's somebody close to them. Yeah. I think they think it's somebody else until it actually, it's right in their face and then they see it. And if you're in that kind of world where you see it and you deal with it, you you can't believe that people aren't looking at it. But if you're out of it, you're out of it, and you try yeah. not. You think you think it's happening to somebody else. Yeah, I think you're right. And maybe we also just kind of take it for granted the way we take for granted the death toll from you know vehicle accidents and and other routine daily catastrophes uh, that happen out there. I don't know, but in any yeah, event, I, again, I, your experience may be different from mine, but I don't hear this issue coming to me that often. I don't hear it often enough. I do I do hear about it because we do talk about it fairly often, but I don't, I think, hear it often enough. People have thoughts on it feels like everything, but not necessarily on this. You're right about that. So we're going to be talking more about it. We have Sheila Malcolmson coming up. Uh, I also very quickly, Vaughn, wanted to ask you about the whole BC Ferry situation. Yeah, so my uh, Vancouver Sun, my colleague David Carrick has peace in the sun today saying that BC Ferries executives are overpaid. They are paid more than guidelines should allow. 
Uh, that report was prepared for the BC Ferry Authority back in January. It sheds some light on why the government on February the 23 brought in legislation allowing the Ferry Authority to take greater control of BC ferries. In fact, one of the things that that legislation would do is it allows the overseer authority now to have greater control over executive compensation. So it's interesting that they didn't put out the report before they put out the legislation. It might have shed some light on why they were doing it. It might have even had people saying, hey, well, I see why they have to do this. They didn't do it that way. Um, of course, the other issue is, and I've, I've read over the report myself, and recommend people have a look at the story in the paper. Uh, my guess is these ferry executives that are, they say, overpaid, uh, have contracts. Um, it's mm-hmm. all very well to say, you know, uh, you try to cut their pay or effectively firing them, and you're looking at severance. So I don't know whether this report is going to be much use except the next time they get around to setting compensation for BC ferries. And at that point, they'll be able to bring the compensation in line with other government crown corporations. Interesting. Ron, thank you. Bye-bye.